Pay compression, it's a phenomenon that's been affecting some senior level federal employees for years now. And now one member of Congress is trying to help adjust pay for those compressed individuals. The new bill comes after months of pressure from senior executive groups who want the White House to make good on a promise to at least propose a solution to the pay problem. Here with the latest, Federal News Network's Drew Friedman. And Drew, again, review for us, if you would, pay compression. Sounds like something that happens to your knee. This happens to senior level federal employees, those usually in around GS-15 on the general schedule. So this exists in a couple different pay systems for federal employees, the general schedule, as I said, and then also the senior executive service pay system. And this exists because legally GS pay levels are those of Career federal employees can't exceed political appointees who are at level four on the executive schedule. So that's a separate government pay system, but legally they can't exceed those pay rates. And because there's a limit on that, on the pay on the executive schedule, that then affects those in the career service as well. Right. And for years, Congress has steadfastly refused to raise the ceiling on political appointees' pay because there's just no political percentage in doing that. Exactly. And so because of that, these GS-15s and a couple GS-14s as well, even though most federal employees do get a raise every year, those employees, once you kind of hit that upper level, once you hit that pay cap, you're not getting a raise anymore. You you kind of max out essentially and your pay gets compressed, so to say. Sure. Yes. You're relative to your experience and your longevity. Got it. So you retire because you get your five high and get out of there. But meanwhile, there is this bill. Who introduced it and what's in it? So this bill comes from Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton from D.C., it's called the. Who federal- can't even vote on it if it comes up. <laughs> it does have a couple of co sponsors as well already, but it's called the Federal Employee Pay Compression Relief Act. And essentially, what it would do is make an exception to the pay cap that is impacting these federal employees and give them base and locality pay adjustments to kind of bring them towards what their pay would have been had it had that pay cap not existed. So the idea is, as she said in a press release, to hire and retain federal managers, hire more quality federal leaders for these positions, which often do have a bit of an issue just getting people in the door to SES or or upper levels of the GS system here. In 2022, so last year, Norton did make some initial plans to introduce a similar bill that legislation in 2022 was never never actually filed, so this year we have an actual bill, and I think it's already getting a little bit of praise from some federal groups as well. Right. Does it have any co-sponsors or anything in the Senate, even nascent on that front? Nothing yet in the Senate, but it does have a couple of co-sponsors, so Jerry Connolly and Jamie Raskin, for example, two uh, Democrats in the DMV area have co-sponsored the bill as well, but this is a bill that has a lot of Democrat support and no Republican co-sponsors so far. Got it. I mean, the alternative is somehow raising the ceiling on the political pay, but that doesn't seem to be in the cards at all from anybody. Given that that's something that's been going on for several years, I don't know that that's going to change anytime soon. So this seems to be an alternative route to at least get the pay up for career federal employees. And, you know, I think it's important to mention as well that a lot of this depends. It doesn't affect everyone who is a GS-15 or GS-14. It really depends on where you live and your step within the GS level as well. 
For example, this has the greatest impact in the San Francisco area. Also in Washington, D.C. and New York, these kind of high cost of living areas, that's where you're seeing their locality pay adjustments bring them higher up. Then they kind of hit that ceiling more quickly than areas that don't have as high of pay. And when agencies want to bring in someone not at the political level, but at the temporary career level, if you will, for lack of a better word, say they want to bring in someone to be the CIO for a couple of years or the chief data officer, this kind of thing. There they have pay flexibilities that are not available under the people that are on GS, correct? Right. There are some pay flexibilities around this, but it is still, as a lot of senior executive organizations have said, and, and these members of Congress as well, you know, this does impact a good amount of federal employees, both on the GS pay system as well as in the SES. Sure. And the pressure from the Senior Executive Association, I presume, is one of them and other groups. What are they saying besides just, yeah, pay us more? Right. We have the Senior Executives Association, the Professional Managers Association, and just this coalition of senior executive groups, those representing or looking out for uh, senior federal employees. They're saying, you know, this bill is a good step in the right direction. It won't solve the pay compression issue entirely, but it is a step in the right direction. And so they're happy that there's, you know, at least something being done or, or a step being taken here. But they are calling on the Biden administration to make good on a promise that they made earlier this year in the fiscal 2024 budget request, they kind of hinted at this idea of making a proposal for how to address pay compression. And so far, we haven't seen anything from the Office of Management and Budget on that. So they're continuing to await these details from the Biden administration. And just last month, they released a series of letters to OMB, the Office of Personnel Management, and the Labor Department. Those are the agencies that make up the president's pay agent, and they're looking for you know more details, a few more answers, I suppose, to and how they're planning to actually fix this issue. And just to get back to Eleanor Holmes Norton's bill, would it allow dollar volumes that are given to someone, either through their salary or their locality pay, to exceed those ceilings? I mean, because if they can't legally exceed it, can they still exceed it under this bill, I guess is what I'm asking. In other words, if your political is making 200000 and you're at that 197 level or something with locality pay. I'm just making up the numbers. You can't make more than 200 because that's the political ceiling. How will this bill exactly relieve that? The the idea of the bill is to make an exception for the employees who are hit by that pay cap. Got it. Suppose. So they yeah. exception to the ceiling, in other words. Right. So you could be, if you were 40 years and, and you're a senior executive, earn more than your political deputy secretary. Yeah, that's the idea of the legislation. Okay. And so do these organizations say pay compression is a problem because everybody wants more money, or do they feel it affects mission or government in some way? I think it's kind of all of the above, Tom. They're saying, you know, this is something, if you think about it from an outside perspective, okay, these federal employees are in GS-15 levels. They are already making a lot of money. But the argument here is that, you know, you want, first of all, want to be competitive with the private sector and trying to recruit managers and people who are really good managers to the federal government. That becomes a lot harder if you can't really pay them or you tell them you're not going to be getting raises. You're not going to be getting annual raises when those below you do. So that is one of the issues. And then also just 
you know, trying to retain those employees as well. So keeping them in the door for a longer period of time. These senior executive groups have said that it kind of disincentivizes people from moving into senior level positions because, you know, even if someone is interested in a manager level position, they might not want to take it because that means they're ultimately going to be affected by pay compression. And I think one piece of evidence to support that is the fact that a lot of people retire from the government at that senior level or maybe attorneys where there is a lot of beckoning for higher pay in the private sector. So they're not ready to stop working. They're just ready to stop working for the government for money. Right. So it is possible, I suppose, that you could see people leaving the government going to a different you know, private sector position or some, doing something else rather than staying in there if they're for one, seeing this kind sure. of issue here. I've yeah. known a few hundred of those in the past, <laughs> you know, in, in, just in the recent years. Okay, so what happens now? That bill has to get some crystallization of support to be brought to the floor, I guess, or to a committee first. There might be a challenge here as, you know, it doesn't have any Republican co-sponsors. As we know, Republicans have the majority in the House. There's also no legislation in the Senate as of yet. So it has a long road ahead of it. But I think there maybe could be some movement on this eventually. We'll we'll just have to see. In the meantime, SEA and other senior executive groups are going to meet with OPM and OMB later this month to discuss that proposal from the Biden administration on pay compression as well. Federal News Network's Drew Friedman, thanks so much. Thank you. And be sure to check out her story at federalnewsnetwork.com.